this is the last episode I'm going to do. Ever? You're no. quitting? No. Oh, my God. No. <laughs> I, I was like, no. no. I was going like, epi- to, like, e- hype it up. Like, this is, like, going to be the last one I do as a non-married woman. <gasps> oh, that's cute. See? It's not crazy. I'm not leaving anybody. Why would Let's you think I'm leaving you? you? This is the at- last episode I'm going to do pause what i'm sorry i was supposed to be i was supposed to be climactic well you were you definitely you got the anticipation going i was panicking my heart rate's (laughs) high what's it say fitbit 102 see look at that look at that can you bring that down just a tiny bit yeah that's not healthy i've been sitting for the last three hours this is not healthy at all We cordially request that you be our dinner guests as you join us for another episode of Wine and Dine. All right, folks, it's time again. My name is Ashley. And I'm Megan. And this is Wine Wine and and Dine. So on this episode, if you can't tell, I'm actually probably going to be jetting out here soon and going and getting married and then going to Disney World. Peace, y'all. I'm going to Disney World. Which is like the coolest honeymoon ever. So I'm really jealous. Mm-hmm. Jesse hates Disney World. <laughs> okay. He's never been. He mm-hmm. hates the thought of Disney World. So instead, we did just so the two of us, the no crowds, isolated beach. Was It was beautiful and yeah. it was lovely. And the only thing I would change about it is that the last three days of our honeymoon, we ran out of money and ate nothing but burger king chicken nuggets but Mm, yes but (laughs) um disney is fantastic and i'm so happy that that is where you guys are going because like with all the pictures i plan on getting i have a feeling that i'm just going to be like living vicariously through you maybe that's if i get any photos honestly i haven't gotten the photo pass package yet honestly oh i'm just talking about like snapping pictures you know just whatever yeah you'd be like here we are today with like mickey years like i I can see it happening (laughs) (laughs) me and my stupid face going yeah I'm, i'm hoping that you get like a candid uh, thing of David where he's actually smiling because don't get me wrong David is not like a sourpuss don't get me mm. but like at any given time David's natural face is just RBF it's real mm-hmm. hard it's hardcore RBF so I'm really hoping you get a candid of him like seeing Mickey like <gasps> well and here's the thing like we pretty much told each other we're probably not going to do a lot of character meetings but the character meeting that we are really stoked about is going seeing Jack and Sally on it's no uh, mickey's not so scary halloween party and i haven't told him yet but oogie boogie should be there and he is like obsessed Mm -hmm. with oogie boogie so is jesse so i'm really stoked that hopefully he'll be out and about doing some meeting and greeting um and we'll be able to get those candid photos hopefully like him like seeing them and being really really stupid excited so How, how have you kept that a secret from him I haven't told him. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's part of a stage show. I didn't tell him, oh, he's, he's part, part of the meet and greet, greet possibly. possibly, too. Because it's Jack and Sally and then sometimes Oogie Boogie and Zero and or something like that. Okay. Um, but, like, it's really kind of cool. Yeah. Like, all the Halloween stuff. And this year is the 25th year of Sanderson Sisters. <gasps> I know. <gasps> I'm, like, super happy. They have all this merch that for the 25th year – of Sanderson sisters, Can I, I just can't even send believe. You with money, please. I'll go buy you stuff if you want me to. Oh, absolutely. They have a T-shirt. They have all this cool stuff. There's a a book out actually of ten ten to fifteen years down the road, where the two main um, people in the movie Max uh, and something Max and whatever 
it's the Sanderson sisters being re- resurrected <gasps> and their kid oh, has no. to deal with them. Oh no. But it's like supposed to be really funny and like humorous and I I can't wait. I'm going to get a copy. I don't know where I'm going to get a copy of. Oh yeah. But I'm going to get a copy of and I I really would love, I wish those actors, because the stage show is the Sanderson Sisters act, I really wish those actresses would be able to come down and I would have them sign this book. Oh, that would be Winifred and Winnie. Absolutely fantastic. And just like, I'm like, yeah. I don't remember the name of the sister, but Kathy Najimy plays one of the sisters and she is one of my favorite It's the one that has like the one that smells all the kids. Yes. So it's not, it's not Sarah or Winifred. I don't remember the other sister's name. I don't know. I don't know. But anyway, she is one of my favorite actresses. She is the funniest, Mm -hmm. in in my opinion, the funniest actress alive. She is. I think she's hilarious. She did a great job. So if I could get any of their autographs, it would definitely be Kathy and Jimmy. She's also in Sister Act, which is one of my favorite movies. (laughs) I just, I I don't know what it is about that movie that every time Halloween rolls around, I'm like, I'm watching the movie. Oh my God. Like, I pass up so many other movies. (laughs) I was like, Halloween Town, been there, seen that. Hocus Pocus for the 47th time. (laughs) Don't mind if I do. Yes, please. Ah, I have a feeling that I'll be talking about that a lot next month in our October episode. So what have you been reading? I haven't, but I've watched Hocus Pocus 14 times. <laughs> oh, you should be reading the new book for the I anniversary. The, I read the subtitles for the movie. Does that count? So, I'll have oh. to find where I can get copies of that, and I'll just buy copies. So before we get started on this one, do mm-hmm. you want to start us off with a wine? Since last last podcast or whatever, you we did your forgot. wine? Yeah. I squeezed one in. I mean, really, the only wine that I have as of lately is just, I'm so tired. And, like, not in the way of, like, tired as in just, like, ugh, I'm just done with what this is. No, I'm physically and emotionally just tired all the time. And that Mm -hmm. is affecting everything. And I feel like this this wedding is just been draining and it has been draining until literally a month ago i was fine a month ago folks let me tell you how (laughs) fine i was i was reading i was interacting with people i was making dinner for my future husband i was doing stuff my house was spotless like things were done Mm -hmm. literally august hit and someone just like sucked the happiness out of my soul (laughs) and just was like you're gonna like be miserable for a whole month (laughs) And I just don't even know what it was that made me so miserable, but it was just like the whole, like everything just kind of like crumbled in on each other. And then by the end of August, I literally sent you an emoji text Uh where it was just a string of emojis. Like you probably couldn't even figure out what I was trying to tell you. Had no idea. But it was a volcano. It was money with wings, a girl with a A crown. uh, No, it was like a a bride wife, and then something else I sent you. I don't remember. It it was just a string of crazy. It was a string of crazy. And if I can recall, I did not respond to it. You did not. And I was very (laughs) unhappy because I needed to like vent and blow up some shit. I mean, but you got to tell me that. Then you can't just send me unintelligible emojis. Oh, no, no, no. Okay, here here, here it was. It was a volcano exploding, money with wings, a poop emoji and then a bride <laughs> so what that means is i've exploded money and also pooped on my wedding dress <laughs> no but like okay so it was basically supposed to say shit exploded about money and it's about the wedding like, oh yeah like that was i should have gone poop emoji explosion, explosion. money poop emoji bride <laughs> i still would have thought that maybe you pulled a bridesmaids and pooped in your wedding dress but any, oh, oh, oh you're oh. pooping in the street okay <laughs> but like and 
I don't even know what has possessed me this this past month because I'm slowly getting out of that. It was just that one month where it was just like everything was just like everything is horrible. Yes. And it was just like miserable. I hated life. I wanted this wedding to be done and over with. And now I'm looking back and going, you know what? August was just a bad month, I think. Yeah. I'm good. I'm good. It's okay. It's I'm not sane. as bad. It's not as bad as what I thought it was. Everything's going to be okay. And you're going to have a fun time. Yes. So I am sitting here going, man, it's Labor Day and I got to go to work tomorrow. I don't want to go to work tomorrow either. I was telling Jesse that this morning. I was like, it feels like a Sunday. It and does. And he was like, it's definitely a Monday. And, and I was like, like, shush it. Where did Saturday go? Where did... Where did all of my free time go? No, don't get me wrong. I love having today off. It's been a really long time since I've had a job where mm-hmm. they actually observe holidays. Yep. And so it it was it's a blessing. It yep. really is. Now I'm gonna hate myself when I have to work on Christmas because that is my holiday this year. But mm-hmm. it's it's okay. It's it's actually only like a half day. We do like mm-hmm. I think I go come in at noon and leave at like four or five. Like yep. it's a really it's a really slow day. But yep. um we just switch off doing different holidays. So okay. Stephanie, who has kids, took Labor Day, the one that really doesn't affect her. I took Christmas, and I believe that Doris took Thanksgiving. Okay. Um, so it's like we, we have a really good working. Uh, yeah, we have we have it figured out. But awesome. like at the same time, I have like Christmas Eve with my mom, mm-hmm. and then I do Christmas Day with my grandma. But I could easily do, like, Christmas at my grandma's, like, 10 to 11.30 and then be like, hey, guys, love you. Merry Christmas. Gotta go. And then Jesse and I can do our Christmas in the evening. Right. Um, so it's really not – it's yeah. not a big deal. But that I, was love, something like, I love Labor Day. Yeah. I love the – I love working at a bank, honestly, because then I get every – holiday pretty much off that I mean, is kind of nice it sucks tomorrow is going to suck because so many people are going to be like my bank is dying uh, yeah it's going to be people calling in my my debit card didn't work over the weekend what's wrong with it or my social security check didn't come in where is it mm. well i can't control when the government pays you but their congratulations your money is in the account now yeah or my online banking was blocked i can't get in or th- it'll just be whiny stuff Hi, my name's ashley and i wasn't here this weekend please unload your problems on me after the beep (laughs) yeah pretty much but i mean i work saturday from my on my normal saturday shift and i'm just glad i have an extra day honestly (laughs) like that's literally when i work saturdays i only get sunday off and i'm just like sunday is like a poop day i that's literally how i feel (laughs) i really do i like i enjoy the work that i have on the weekends at the nursing home because it is so chill Mm -hmm. like Sundays are like Hallmark movie days and nail painting and passing out ice cream and occasionally we have somebody come in and sing but there's no like big outings there's nothing we don't play bingo or anything that would Mm -hmm. require me to have to deal with like 40 people at once they're just it's real chill days yeah but then I only get Friday and Tuesday off so I get Friday off the week the the week before my weekend Mm -hmm. and then I get Tuesday off right after my weekend so it's like I get one day Mm -hmm. off in the middle and like that is not enough time to recoup for me Mm -hmm. but at the same time like it's also kind of nice. Yeah. And anyway. Yeah. This has nothing to do with reading. No, but I think it will go very well with our topic because it's how to borrow. Yes. And we are trying to convey on how to chill out a little bit. I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm reaching. You're attempting to segue I'm reaching, you're reaching real hard. I'm reaching real hard. Josh would be a- <laughs> <laughs> Josh would respect this. But, okay. So our actual topic after we did our wines is, is something borrowed, something, something blue. blue. So, 
in regards to that, we have decided we will borrow a book from each other. Yes. I have selected One of Us is Lying by Karen M. McManus. For me. For Megan. And then... I selected Cirque du Freak's uh, A Living Living Nightmare. Nightmare. I had to think of what the first book was. By by Darren Chan. Yeah. For for her. So basically what we're going to do here is talk about why we picked these for each other. And hopefully what the other person will get out of this we'll try really hard not to give spoilers away by Mm -hmm. the way the one thing that i really appreciate about ashley and i think ashley also sort of appreciates about me is it doesn't matter the spoilers that you give me yeah i'm gonna read it anyway like if it sounds interesting enough to me i know that you cannot possibly relay the entire freaking book despite one or two spoilers whereas like if i were to say that to jesse jesse's like i'm not reading it now and i'm like you're just saying that because you weren't gonna read it in the first place yeah Something something that I knew she would like about this book is when I originally picked this book up, I literally told her, it's about the Breakfast Club. And she's like, what? Breakfast Club? What? I love that movie. I what? love that movie. And I'm like, yeah, it's supposed to be a loose representation of the Breakfast Club. And with murder. It, with murder. And she's like, hang on, what? And I'm like, yeah. So the synopsis is you have, you know, the beauty, the brains, the criminal, the athlete, and the outcast. And the outcast uh, is known for writing some not-so-good gossip on Mm -hmm. a blog that he does. Well, he gets all of these people together in a room, just like... Because they're in detention, right? Because they're in detention. Yeah, they're in detention. And he basically... Some, somehow he ends up dead. So, question, now that we're starting off with this. Um, did he purposely get detention because he knew they were all going to be there? He purposely puts them all in the room. Okay. Called that one. Yeah. Uh, which is not a, it's not a deal breaker for me. Mm-mm, no. He literally sets it all up. Okay. He, he is to the... To get dirt on them for his blog? I'm not answering that. <laughs> <laughs> I beat the fifth. I, I, I can't answer that because answering that gives things away. So... Basically, you have the casting idea of The Breakfast Club. You have these people that, in normal circumstances, they are not in the same group. Mm -hmm. Like, they're not all together. And it brings together a question that's brought up at the end of the movie where... Um, I'm trying to think the outcast I can't remember the actor's name. He was in 16 Candles. He was in everything, yeah. Goes to the beauty and he goes, would you have talked to me? Or like somebody raises the question, would you talk to me once we leave this room? Well, yeah. uh, I think it was something along the lines like, are we even going to talk after this is over? Right. Would you have even talked to me if we hadn't been forced to be together? Right. This book answers that question. As in like, they, they are basically all four of these kids are in some way could be the murderer Mm -hmm. and they have to work together kind of a little bit to figure out why simon did what he did what's going on like why is all this happening and through that you get a little romance you get some backstory and some understanding i i really do love this book i i gave it five out of five stars which is shocker for me and this thing had me on edge the whole time. Yeah. Like, it was just, it's a good book. And I don't normally, I don't normally recommend books to people no. often because I'm very shy and, like, very scared of how they're going to react. And well, just, and it's very rarely that I think you like a book enough 
to, to want to even recommend it. My yeah. first book that I ever let you borrow, honest to God, borrow was, was Prosper Redding. Redding. And it was because I knew for a fact you needed this. Yeah. At the time you were going through some crappy shit. Yeah. And that book was just so lighthearted, so funny and just quip after it. quip after quip. And I'm just like, she needs this in her life right now. It I need to get good. this to her. It real good. Yeah. But, like, I, every moment I spent, I had my nose in this book trying to figure out, you know, who the guilty person was. Um, and it just everything. Do you find out who did it? Yes. Okay. And you know what? The reasoning of who or whom or how everything happened and went down is done so well. Even though I can kind of almost say, yeah, I feel like this is a slight, it could be a cop out. But it's not a cop out just because of how well she does it. Okay. Just, like keep that in mind once you get to that point where you're like i kind of feel like she neglected something here yeah but in the styling of how she does it you don't feel cheated okay good and there is some back ending in it because there's going to be a few parts where you're like well wait a second who how does this really end yeah she does touch on it but she doesn't like go full into it I she was... still leaves some things open well and that's what i was worried about is that she was going to leave everything open because in the little tagline it's like if you pay close enough attention you'll figure out who did it or whatever yeah and so i was worried that she was going to leave it open-ended and just have me yeah no, you you totally you, you totally she has you going for a long time where you're swearing up and down it's X. It has to be X. And then she'll like something will happen to where that tic tac size like nugget that she's shoved up in your brain well, like 50 <laughs> 50 to 60 pages back goes, "Wait a second. This can't be that person because this person is this yeah. or this person was here or there's a legit reason why you know nate wouldn't be around at that time yeah. it's just like there's things that you won't pick up on until something else happens later down the road and i think that that's a good sign of a good mystery yes. or thriller book where the author leaves nuggets of pieces of information where you read, you glance over it, and it's not that big of a deal, whatever going on. And then 20 pages down, you're like, wait a second, that last nugget doesn't match the nugget I have now. So they can't be that person. Well, crud, who is this new person? And then you're sitting there for another five hours going, why can't I finish this? <laughs> why can't I quit you? <laughs> Pretty much. You're going to read this in one day. I guarantee you, oh, you're yeah. going to read this in one I day. I guarantee it too. I, I have a feeling I won't be putting that down. I, I love it. I'm kind of happy and excited that she's writing another book that's due at the end of this month. Or not this month. At the end of the year. She has another one coming out, which kind of has a Carrie vibe to it. Oh, okay. I know. Yeah. So I'm really nervous and worried because it's another th murder mystery thriller. It almost seems like she really likes remaking stories from the 80s. Yes. And I'm okay with that. I, I, I don't hate it. I really I don't. I don't hate it either. Like, I think that is amazing. You're taking something that's iconic from an era and you're turning it on its head. I mean, it's not completely turned on its head. A no. lot of the stuff, like... And it sounds like this is modern day, right? Yes. I mean, he has a blog post, so yes. it's not like they're just redoing the 80s thing. Mm -mm. So do you think that's the same kind of thing that she might do with the Carrie-type story? Where I she'll think so. make it? But the, I just hope that she makes it not like Carrie 2 or whatever, because there was like a... I think there was Carrie, Carrie 2, and then a remake of Carrie. Mm. And the remake was supposed to be modern day when they remade it. it. And I did not enjoy that one. Let me see if I can grab it real quick here for us. Oh, she's wrote, written five books. Oh, I'm sorry, folks. I thought 
Um, two can keep a secret. Um, and there's not a lot to it, honestly. Um, but there's the cover art for it. I love her little pictures with the faces crossed mm -hmm. out type thing. Well, if here's the thing. Here's the... the thing. The photo on the back isn't cropped out. It's someone put another photo on top of it where the face is completely whited out, but it's a different person in that photo. I know. It's, it's the weirdest thing, but like on her... Uh, on her One of Us is Lying book cover, mm -hmm. the faces are cut out and there's like a piece of notebook paper taped over them. And then oh. on this one, there's another Polaroid of another person and then her face is cropped, is like mm -hmm. X'd out. It yep. almost looks like scotch tape or not, yep. with masking tape. Yep. And then it's posted over the, oh, Basically, I really like the that. tagline is if you're fans of Riverdale, you'll like this page turner. Um, Echo Ridge is a small town American. Ellery's never been there, but she's heard all about it. Her aunt went missing there at age 17, and only five years ago, a homecoming queen put the town on the map when she was killed. Ooh. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now Ellie has to move there to live with a grandmother she barely knows. So... When I say there's Carrie-esque vibes, I'm like, you got the prom queen, prom you, queen got you got your murder. murder, you got kind of, it's going to be really, really loose. I'm going to, I'm going to go off on a limb here and go, it's probably going to be very, very loose. It's not going to be as, as yeah. close to the one that we got here, but I mean. Unless she's doing a kind of Riverdale type retelling, but mm -hmm. I will also say, I don't know what Riverdale's about. I haven't seen Riverdale it is based on the Archie comics. I mean, I, I've heard about that. I just don't, I don't know how they interpret it. You know what I mean? Cause I've never seen it. Yeah. Well, I need to, I know it's also on my watch list, but I watched the first series. I loved the first series. The second series I got halfway through and then I kind of just puttered out. Yeah. Um, just because I couldn't keep the angst going in my almost 30 something year old life. The only thing I know is that a lot of people like the blonde chick and um, Betty and Jughead yeah, forever. And, and, am I correct in saying that Jughead is one of the sweet life twins? He is. Okay. And he's like, I can't even like gush about it. Like, cause it's really bad. Like I grew up with him when he was little. When he and was teeny he's little like, blonde kid. Yeah. Yes, and now he's like, and isn't it the, the more nerdy looking one is yes. the one that's suddenly sexy now? He's like he never long bottomed out. Like he really did. It's really, uh. And he is, he has like dark black hair and that dark black hair just suits him. Do you think he'll like stick uh. with it or go back to blonde? I don't know. Colt Sprouse. Sprouse, right? Yeah. What, or is it Dylan? No, it's cool. Colt. Okay. Dylan okay. does movies now, but they're like. I think Dylan was in a murder movie. Isn't yeah, he, he was... in like that new movie where he's like a, a psychopath, but he's mm -hmm. a teen. Yep. Yeah, I need to see that. They're breaking back out, which is great. I'm very happy for them. But it's just weird for me to see them as grown ups because in my mind they were still like ten years old doing. I think he's like life. eighteen or nineteen now. Yeah, which still makes me feel uncomfortable because I'm like, mm -hmm. girl, you 26. You need to stop staring at. <laughs> stop it. He is. No, no, he's legal. <laughs> he's just he's little in my mind. He'll you always know. he'll there always be little in my mind. Yeah. But that's I I love these books or these so kinds of books. I am so happy that you are gonna read that. Um, you're gonna have to keep message me okay. as you go through because they're because you be... know I won't Goodreads this. Yeah, <laughs> please don't read my review until later. I will not. If you're listening to this, go go check out my review. I really am great. Yeah, everyone now. else go check out her review. Me will not go check out. Her don't review. read my review until you're after fi you're finished with the book. Now I will say. If I get like super stumped and frustrated, I probably will read your review, even though you told me not to, because I am a terrible person. <laughs> but you I won't. I I didn't see the twist coming. Okay. So 
Did you like give away the twist in one of your reviews? Because you're actually you're usually really good about still not giving away spoilers. Okay, that's fine. I mean, if it's just a hint, but like you're you're usually pretty good at staying for the most part spoiler free. Yeah, no, I'm I'm normally good at being spoiler free. Let me double check here real quick while you tell us about what you're giving me. Okay. So I'm giving her a book that I originally read when I was 12 years old. I convinced my family just from reading a synopsis of the back of it at Target one day and them asking me what I wanted. I asked for the whole series, which at the time I believe there were five, maybe six books of it out at the time. And so for Christmas, they all got me this series, Cirque du Freak. And my, I know my dad was like weirded out by it because he didn't know I'd asked them for all that. And it's like all about vampires and freak shows and like weird stuff. And at the time I was going through like a really dark alternative phase. Mm -hmm. And so like, I think he was a little bit weirded out about it. My mom was like, she's into something again. She used to read all the time. And when, when I, anyway, I was depressed at the time. We'll just, we'll cut it out there. And so my mom was like, she finally has an interest again. We cannot squish this. Like, it's been forever since she's picked up a book. I don't care what it is. Let her read it. Yeah. And so I did. I read and read and read and read and couldn't put them down. They they were fantastic. They legitimately pulled me out of my funk. Like, it, along with Harry Potter, was, like, what got me out of my depressive mm-hmm. states and, like, actually made me want to, like, enjoy stuff again. Yeah. Um, so... Like I said, the last time that I read any of the Cirque du Freak books, though, I was probably 17. And the only reason I reread them is that a couple friends of mine in high school at the time were, we were, like, talking one day. I don't even remember what got the conversation started about, like, books that we had read as teens that we wanted to reread again. And multiple people said Cirque du Freak. And I was like, I thought I was the only person that knew that this book existed. <laughs> like, so I got really hype about it, and we all read it again together. So, mm. It centers around this boy named Darren, mm-hmm. named after the author. Um, he goes to this freak show with his best friend, Steve, mm-hmm. and Steve is really into the occult. The only reason he takes Darren is that he is convinced that this main guy, his name's Larton Krepsley, this main guy that's in the freak show is a vampire because he's seen his picture here, 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 and here, and now he sees it on the cover for this freak show again, and he's like... I know. I know that this guy's a vampire. I'm going to prove it. Which, like, as, like, a 12-year-old boy, like, okay, if it is a vampire, what's your plan here? Yeah, what are you going to do? What's your plan here, dude? I'm pretty sure he's not the sparkly type. No, he is not the sparkly type at all. Okay. Um, According to all of the lore that surround him, he is the very murderous, I don't care for anyone type. Always alone. Never with anybody. Doesn't care for people. Mm-hmm. Will murder you in cold blood. So I'm like, Steve, what are you doing here? But they go anyway. They sneak into this freak show, which you're not supposed to be in when you're underage. But for some reason, they're like, oh, 12-year-old boys? Let's just, we'll just let them in. No issues here. Mm. Well, Larton's trick is that he has a spider that, like, he is in complete control of. And that spider will, like, spin webs in his mouth. Like, with his open mouth, he trusts the spider to do it. And it can spin webs anywhere. It can it can attack. And it can, like, trance you and stuff. And so that's that's his whole thing. That's well, stick. Darren decides, I'm going to lure this vampire out by stealing his freaking spider. 
spider. Why does Darren steal the spider? Because Darren Darren's an idiot. They're twelve year old boys, okay? But I thought Darren didn't care for any of this. He really wasn't into any of it, but that spider he thought it was like the coolest thing in the world. So like he, he thinks he controls it with a flute, so he steals the flute along with the spider and he can sorta of get the The he, spider to he do can sorta of get it to do it. Problem is, is that the spider gets out one day and it bites Steve and it is a very venomous spider. So Steve is like dying, actively dying, and he can't tell anybody. So the last night of the freak show, he goes back and he tells the vampire, like he finds the vampire and he's like, I'm the one that stole your spider. Here it is. Mm-hmm. Please help my friend. Right. And he's like, uh, why, why would I even do that? And he was like, I'll do anything. I'll work for you. And he's like, he starts thinking about it and he's like, well, I'm a vampire. Can't go out during the day. Uh, so fine. You work for me, but we're going to have to fake your death because I'm not staying in this bfe town like Mm -hmm. so we're gonna fake your death and you're coming with me and you're gonna be my apprentice like that's like that's how it is and i will save him but you will never see him again so he they they fake his death and they go on the run and i don't want to tell you too many too much i was gonna say this is following that movie pretty good so far okay in the very beginning yes that's what i told you like in the very beginning they follow it like clockwork okay If you have, if you don't know what we're talking about, they made a Cirque du Freak movie. The original way that they were supposed to do it was in a four-part series, so mm-hmm. it was supposed to be in trilogies. It was supposed to be in trilogies, three books at a time. Yeah. So I was expecting the first three books in the series, and what I got was book one, maybe two pages of book three, and then a huge plot thing in book ten. <laughs> like, it, it out of nowhere, like. If you have seen the movie, and I have, and you have, and if you haven't seen the movie, close your ears for about 10 seconds-ish right now. You're not supposed to know that Steve is the other side of the vampires or whatever until like book 10. I was going to say that that's brought up very fast in yeah, that movie. That, that. Like, I liked that. I thought that was a cool plot twist, but like... That was way too soon. That battle doesn't take place until book 11. And now that we've already had other people uncovering their ears or whatever, you know, those people don't even interact again until like book nine or 10. And like the whole time, Mm -hmm. Steve thinks that Darren is alive. He's like, this is exactly like this guy to do something like this. I know it. I, I, I can tell that you're alive. And like Mm -hmm. the way that they do it in the movie is almost like he's like, he knows it, but in the book, Mm -hmm. it almost kind of seems like he's in denial Okay. Um, but that's part of the reason that this person is kind of able to do what they do and go to the side that they go to mm-hmm. mostly because he's like, I've always been interested in the occult and now you get to be a part of it. And I don't like, yeah, how I is liked, that right? I liked, it's jealousy. Yeah. I liked the jealousy aspect between the two friends and the, and Darren didn't even want to, to he did to it be. to save his best friend. Right. He didn't even want to be a vampire. Like that's well. And at this <laughs> point in the first book, like. I mean, obviously, he's the fact that there the yet. fact that there are twelve books is going to lead you down the path to think he's eventually going to become a vampire. But at this point, the only thing he does is give him like an eensy bit no of blood. vampire's blood so that he can keep up with him. Mm-hmm. Um, but he can still walk around do the during the day, do all the stuff that a normal vampire can do. But eventually, he's going to crave blood, and so Darren's issue is like, I don't want to kill people, and Lawrence like. You, you don't have to, you idiot. Like, <laughs> like there's a really easy way that you could feed, cover it up, and no one knows the freaking difference. And, mm. But he still is, like, starving himself out and, like, won't eat people or animals or anything. Yeah. So it's, like, this concept of, like, a vegan vampire. 
<laughs> anyway, it's oh such a good book. I, I feel like I've given a lot of it away, but literally all this happens. Fine. All this happens in like the first three chapters. Like the real story builds and builds and builds. And there's like, there's wars and there's, you know, warring factions and battles and there's love interest and there's, you know, families being held hostage and like there's there's this entire storyline that they have built around it in these mm-hmm. 12 books and it's fantastic so I, i'm excited I would love for her to read the first one i like i said i'm worried because mm-hmm. i haven't read it in so long that it's going to be like that meg cabot series for oh, her no. and she's not gonna love it no. um but i'm also going to reread it so that we can you know talk through it yeah. or whatever because i have it in like three different copies so like it won't be an issue for me to loan this to you but um i hope that she loves it if you have seen the movie and you loved it i apologize because reading the books is going to just maybe that's a good a good segue then is is if you liked this movie but you want more or you want more explained yeah take up the challenge of reading the 12 books in the series maybe that is just don't expect the monkey girl to be in it because she's not (laughs) You know what? She wasn't that cool anyways. Okay, but the thing is, is, like, he does have a love interest that they could have easily put in. Her name is Debbie, okay? Like, why did they take her out? I don't know. They needed a monkey girl. I don't know. They took too many artistic liberties with that one, okay? I'm just... I do have to... Do have to applaud for the casting choices, though, for that movie. Casting choices were actually very very good choices yeah. like you yes you have a few big name you have three big name actor no four four big name actors yeah. in there because i'm not gonna count that boy yet because he wasn't really big into no movies. that was that, i'm pretty sure that was his first movie the guy that mm-hmm. plays darren that was one of his first movies you have josh hutcherson yep. who plays steve yep. you have john c Riley that plays uh uh larton krebsley yeah uh who are the other two you're thinking of oh uh, selma some, hayek uh, is the bearded lady mm-hmm. and then uh tall man who plays him Oh, I don't remember who plays him. He's a really big name actor. Yeah. Um, I just can't think of who it is. You named the two vampire people, right? The two actors that play the vampires? Well, uh, Steve is Josh Hutcherson, and then uh, Darren is played... I want to say it's Asa Butterfield. I know he's like... Um, he ha- he always has that lisp ask- ac- accent, but that's literally just how he talks. Darren, actor, search is great. He had the stringy hair. That's how I remember him really pale and had stringy hair oh shoot no that's not ace of butterfield at all that's chris massaglia and i don't think he's been in hardly anything after that let me see um let me see this kid oh yeah no not him i'm talking about the adult the other adult vampire that was in there the other adult vampire that yeah was there's there. two vampires in there two adult ones John C. Riley, Josh Hutcherson. let me see the list oh ken watanabe is... let me see the list <sighs> I'm letting you see the list. It's up there at the top. But he plays the tall man, the Ken Watanabe. Wait, William Defoe was in this? Willem Defoe was in Search to Freak? Apparently. Click him. Who do you play? I don't remember that. I don't remember that either. I feel like I should. Yeah, he was apparently in it. Who do you play? I don't know. I'm looking. Oh my god, look faster. <laughs> Make the internet work quicker than it is. Like, he doesn't even say who he was, though. There's no way. You can't put Willem Dafoe in a movie and then he just doesn't show up. I wonder if he was just, like, one of those, like, randoms. Oh, Gavner Pearl. 
Okay, we're just going to have to watch this movie again because I don't remember these people. No, it's it's totally fine. So I'm talking about the other vampire, the male vampire that was in there. Javner Pearl is... No, Ray Stevenson. That's who I was speaking about. Okay. Who's he play? Ray Stevens Merlot. Oh, Merlot. He's, yeah, he's the he's vampire the that comes in. And in the third books, if they would have put Debbie in it, he's the one that kidnaps Debbie and tortures Debbie. Not monkey girl and just makes her passed out. Like, come on, Merlot is the big bad. I know. Okay, I thought that was very bad. good. I thought he was a very good cast. I completely him. didn't even. God, I want to see him. I want to see his picture as Merlot now because I don't. He had really black stringy hair and really long fingernails. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And wore a lot of black. Yeah. Lots of black. And I could be saying that wrong. It's spelled M-U-R-L-A-U-G-H, almost like Merlath. Um, but <laughs> I, I pronounced it Merlot when I was reading it. It could be Merlot. Merlot. Mm-hmm. But. I don't know. Anywho. It's it's really good. The movie, in my opinion, was shit. Um, but that doesn't mean that if you like it that I hate you. I just, I, in my opinion, if you liked the movie, mm-hmm. I don't think you've read the books. So go read the books. They're totally worth it. I know that 12 books sounds really daunting. Um, no, it's, it's fine. Super, they're, they're really short books, though. They're like yeah, they're 250 only like 200, pages. I think this one's 272. Yeah. And I was literally like, dude, I could read this on our plane rides. Yeah. And they don't get much longer than that. All of the books are around that size. Right. Because so. it's meant for middle schoolers. Yeah, it, it really is. And, you know, so the, the thing... Uh, I think that as an adult, you can still enjoy them mm-hmm. because of some of the different themes that they have in there i don't think it's inherently middle school right um because one of the good things that darren shan is really good about or one of the things he's really good about is that he can definitely press boundaries and i don't mean oh he's adding boobs into it like he's not pressing wrong boundaries mm-hmm. he's pressing the boundaries of yes i'm marketing this to middle schoolers early teens mm-hmm. but i'm gonna press the boundary and make them try to expand their minds mm-hmm. a little bit and make them think a little bit more about it rather than just like giving them a diary of a wimpy kid type book you know what i mean i mean those books weren't bad they were very much meant for but they were meant for middle schoolers they you know they were meant for kids and so i think darren shan does a really good job of kind of stretching the limits of what is really considered middle school versus young adult yeah i think it toes the line and that's awesome i'm very happy i'm excited honestly for that i know you've talked so much about this series and i just i can't wait to get my hands on it and actually like see what it's about yeah um yeah i'm excited I am too. And I think it, it's really good to end the month with that one because obviously we have our, you know, reminiscing book. We're going to reread a book. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're going to do a new book, which yep. needs to be done. I need to get through it anyway. But <laughs> when you, when we're borrowing a book from each other, I now know there is somebody else that loves this book. There's someone else that's read this book and I'm going to be able mm-hmm. to 100% talk to somebody else about this rather than just sit there and be like, this was a good book. I'm not going to Goodreads about it because no matter how many times I say I'm going to do it, I'm not going to. And uh, Ashley hasn't read it yet, so I guess I won't talk to her about it either. I guess I'll just sit here and know that I'm the only person that's ever read this book. Yeah. Like, I I don't try very hard to do it, so I'm really excited for, for that one. But my something blue. Yeah. I only picked based on its cover. Yeah. A, our criteria was something blue. Obviously, it has to be a blue cover. Mm-hmm. But, like, I could have chose any of them. But it kind of got me thinking that the saying is, don't judge a book by its cover. And what they mean by that is, don't judge a person before you get to know them. But the literal saying is, don't judge a book by its cover. 
I'm sorry. I 100% judge books by their cover. I do too. I, I am notorious for cover buys. And I know that's not good. But it's a marketing ploy. Yeah. And that's what I sit there and verify. It's a marketing ploy. If your cover is beautiful and it just it looks stunning and it just looks good and enticing with a good like like the title grabs you and pulls you in like good example one of us it has the most fantastical cover i've it ever has seen the it looks like they took school photos uh-huh. and they just took the photo their faces off of the photos like literally someone came in with scissors and removed and laid their, it over a piece of paper and like laid those photos on top of a piece of paper and then wrote in red sharpie marker yeah. this title one of us is lying one of us is lying i'm sorry if someone has this facing out on the shelf you're gonna be like Ooh, what is that what is this about which is exactly what, what i did what do what is this containing because this sounds interesting it grabs you it pulls yes. you in and then you're hooked and it's like and i like how she figured out this is fantastic as a cover because Mm -hmm. her next one even though they changed it up a lot is still that kind of just it grabs you Mm -hmm. and sometimes i'll pick up a book because i think that the cover looks amazing and i read the plot of it and i'm like no this this is is not the book book. for me but the book right next to it that has a dull cover could have the best story Mm -hmm. ever and i'm probably not going to pick it up because the cover does not grab me and see i wish i like the idea and i I like that stores do this they'll do blind date books Mm -hmm. where they'll put the book in a brown paper and wrap it all up and then they'll have one of their employees draw on that what they think the book is about or they'll like put like taglines in it or something Mm -hmm. where it's like oh this is a romance book oh this is a contemporary book or this that and the other and then you can buy those books based off that but i've seen that end really badly yeah i've seen that where someone grabs and thinking oh this is a sci-fi book and it's a murder mystery book based somewhere not even close to space yeah and they're just like wait a second who could say that this is not murder mystery or they couldn't say oh it's x and i feel like that's like almost a gimmick then at that point that you're just trying to sell a book that maybe isn't selling yep and that's one less book on your shelf. I'm like, that's not okay. Like, and I don't part, know. Part of, I, I do agree with you. Now, part of me will take back slightly what I said with the, if it doesn't have an interesting cover, I'm not interested in it. Because part of the reason that I picked All the Light We Cannot See is it was blue. And I was like, okay, let me read the tagline. Well, if you read it on Goodreads, immediately mm-hmm. it's got 4.82 stars. Okay, right. so it's almost a five-star book out of 700,000 ratings. Wow. So that's not something that I can see at a bookstore. And no. so when I'm at a bookstore, I am purely... Looking at a cover. Yeah, that that's what I'm doing. I'm doing a cover yeah. buy. And, I mean, of course, I'm going to look at the synopsis for it. I'm going to look at what the back says. I'm going mm-hmm. to, you know, I'm, I'm going to read maybe a couple pages of it, see if yeah. I like the writing style. But I'm picking it up purely based on the cover. Whereas I picked this one as soon as I saw it based on cover and then looking into it before I read the synopsis, I knew I wanted to read it because not only does it have a 4.82 stars, but a bunch of people that I've either worked with or went to college with have all also marked it as to be read or have already read it and rated it four to five stars. Nice. So now it's almost like the cover grabbed me. Mm -hmm. I know it has good ratings overall and I now have people in my circle that have recommended it. So I'm going to do that going back to our last episode where we talked about 
whether or not people recommended books to you or was that this episode no oh my god how was, long have i been talking i we've been going for almost an hour oh my goodness lord whenever we talked about it <laughs> on getting book recommendations from people yeah i will take goodreads recommendations because really? i get to they're not forced upon me out of nowhere these are just people saying i really like this book here's why i liked this book and yeah. maybe here's a couple reasons like here's something from the book that might entice you mm -hmm. and it's not just like I specifically am directing this at you, Megan, uh, mm -hmm. because me not knowing you very well, uh, I'm just going to assume this is the kind of stuff that you like um, mm -hmm. versus I really like this book. I would recommend it to anyone that likes this kind of genre because and it's more generalized mm -hmm. and I don't feel like they're just pushing a book at me yeah. that was unwarranted. Like if I'm looking at this book, obviously I'm interested in it enough yeah. to then want to know what you say. It's almost like I asked for it rather than them just re blindly recommending a book I can to me. see that. You read books. You might like this book. Like, <laughs> I just, I feel like that saying gets a bad rap, honestly, because let's all be honest. We're all looking at stuff. It's, we're going to buy on what pretails to our eye and what we like mm -hmm. in a beautiful cover or beautiful art. It's all subjective. Yes. You and me can look at the same book, and one of us might like it, one of us might hate it. Of course. And honestly, a cover is just a, is a one person's representation of the story. I mean, honestly, like, let me think here real quick. Okay, well, so like, like looking at the tarot readings. Yeah. yeah, there's a wolf on the cover in a picture frame with beautiful little artwork and a hu a lot of other family photos behind it that doesn't tell you very much of the story well okay and then look at the back of it there's like there's a, a, cat. a cat with wings okay mm -hmm. like that's literally all that that is there so if i'm reading the story i now think that this is a story possibly about like woodland creatures that are sentient yeah. i mean like, and then you have the the um the short on the back says light a candles and step close to the looking glass time is short and we can't we cannot delay and another time in another world you would not have been worth the slightest flicker of my gaze however even i cannot break the terms of our contract now thinking about the cover after reading this it makes, it makes a little so much, much more, more sense. sense because you have the candle down here you have this mirror and you're seeing something mm -hmm. that is it's not a reflection it's looking back, back at, at you, you. And um, that's much more like, okay, what's going on with this book? I mean, it is gorgeous, honestly. It is a very beautiful cover. Yes. But honestly, if I didn't actually know what the storyline of this was, I might not have picked this up, honestly. Because it wouldn't have been the best marketing strategy. No, it isn't. Whereas, going back to One of Us is Lying, this was fantastic marketing strategy. Yeah. Okay? It, it looks like a murder mystery right off the bat because these people no longer have faces. Like, and the way that she did it, it was very obvious that they're all high schoolers because they really are. It's yearbook photos. It almost looks like this is where they would be in a yearbook lineup and someone mm -hmm. just went in and then cut their picture out. There's even, like, a on the on the cover mm -hmm. there's like um raised edges where their faces are cut out if you feel it so it yeah. looks like it's put over a piece of paper it's fantastic and then the choice of making it look like it was handwritten in blood no less because it's all in this like deep red color it looks like it's i mean obviously it's like a red thick sharpie but yeah. but they they did but it very purposely yeah. you I think that's very purpose now going I'm trying to think of a book on my shelf that i just the cover isn't great and I don't even know what's 
um, going on with it. I'm going to have to probably say probably one of my not so cool covers is from my shadow cabinet series. The first book in that series is called the name of the star. Now, if you actually look at the cover on that, it's gorgeous. It's a girl like looks like she's sleeping or something. She's laying on the bottom of it and it, she's in more of a Victorian esque dress. And there is a guy in a top hat silhouetted over her. Okay. Yeah. And it's based around Jack the Ripper. Like that's a gorgeous covering art. Yeah. However, they did cover art change in the next book to where it's a smoky photo of a girl walking towards a building of some sorts. And I think it's supposed to be like some sort of London-esque building. Yeah. But it doesn't really capture the essence of where that book it was going. And I'm yeah. just kind of like, I understand the changes that sometimes companies do with book art. And that's fine. I'm okay with that. As long as you make it coherent to what the books are about. With that change, I'm like, you kind of just messed up what she was trying to portray in the books. And you're not marketing it correctly. The first book marketed very, very well. I'm sorry. I'm surprised more people didn't pick that book up. Yeah. With how big Jack the Ripper was. Like, retelling stories of Jack the Ripper are, honestly. But, like, her, her truly devious book. It's a blue cover with white scrawl letterings with ivy background. That's it. Yeah. And I'm like... Now, question. Mm. Did you pick it up because the book cover enticed you or because you had already um, read the other books and you knew her writing style and stuff? Like, if Truly Devious was the first book that you had seen by her, would you have picked it up? No, I, I wouldn't have bought that, honestly, because uh, there's just nothing to it to describe the type of book that it that it is. Mm -hmm. It's a murder mystery that is set in modern time but yet they keep going flashbacks and stuff like that and it takes place up in the hills in vermont and i'm just like there's what nothing is blue and ivy have to do I, yeah any of well that? it's okay so like the ivy i think is supposed to show that it's like an elite private school maybe okay but other than that there's nothing else on that cover to show anything about that book and i'm just yeah. like if i didn't know i liked her writing and i wasn't just watching her like a hawk to see when the fourth book in that shadow cabinet series dropped i would never have grabbed it yep but i like her as a re an author i think she does very well most of the time when it comes to her writing styles and i like it i it's, it's just one of those it's sad that a good author isn't getting the right cover arts for yeah. their stuff because i will absolutely judge a book by its cover it literally is a marketing strategy it's the same thing like mm -hmm. when i see oh okay here's a really good one if we're looking at like food commercials okay yeah if your food commercial is hi welcome to olive garden we have breadsticks you should come eat breadsticks i mean okay maybe but like if it's just a guy and you're not showing me their food all you got to do is show me that unlimited soup salad and breadsticks and on my mouth is watering because mm -hmm. like I it looks amazing and yeah. that's the difference in marketing with with those commercials one of those commercials is going to make me want to go eat there so bad and the other one is just like I guess Olive Garden's a place I feel like the changing in the reading community and especially the the marketing community for books I feel like it's changed almost and I feel like that's because the media on which people read I think is 
is different. It's changing. You're going to ebooks. You're going to audiobooks. You're moving from a physical copy to an electronic copy. And I feel like, you know, maybe that, that has something to do with it. And the actual campaigning of what the book looks like, maybe they're just selling it because it's going to be an image on a Kindle and it's not going to be that that big of a deal. No one displays these anymore. No well, one... And going on that thing that I said about Goodreads, now you're not just judging a book by its cover. Like, even if you're getting it on Kindle or whatever, now you have 700,000 Amazon reviews of this book. Mm -hmm. And so it's, you're almost kind of more judging it on the fact that maybe it's a good book rather than the cover, but... Or how many stars does it have rather yeah. than what it looks like. But at the same time, if I'm looking at it on Audible, if I'm looking at it on Amazon, if I'm looking at whether or not I want to read it on Goodreads, I'm still looking at the cover before I click sure. on it. I, re I really am. Even if it was just for something as simple as finding a blue book or finding a green book for Booktubeathon or whatever, yeah. like it's, <laughs> I'm, we're going to be judging it. So I just think that as, uh, I mean, not I'm not an author by any means, but like as somebody that can kind of, I guess, understand mm -hmm. theoretically what it would be like to be an author, you put all this time and effort and, and blood and sweat and tears into making these stories and it could be the best story on the planet, but if it does not have good cover art, it's, I'm it's not going to get into my brain. And I think that's just maybe how we're wired. And I feel bad that I'm wired that way, that I'm going to look at a cover before I pick up a book and actually read about it. I just, when do, when does anybody blindly go into a store? And I mean, I, and I, just pick up every book they see and read the back of it to see it. No, like I don't got time for that. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I go into Barnes and Nobles pretty pretty regularly just yeah. to check to see what's out there and what's new but unless the cover grabs me like there was one it was called um traditions and it was a boy girl they were in a private school kind of blazer outfit but it was like they weren't silhouetted it was mm -hmm. just like kind of like from the nose down and the letterings were blocking out a lot of it and that was like okay what's that about kind of like i like prep preppy school stuff i yeah. like the that kind of element to it so i picked it up i flipped it over i read the synopsis the synopsis was good mm -hmm. you know it was just like you know what okay i'm gonna put this on my goodreads um the cheerleaders i had no desire to read that book until i went to barnes and nobles got the little pamphlet and started reading it yeah like but again, that's a different marketing strategy. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you didn't have an interest in it at first, but then they gave you a different type of marketing mm -hmm. that was more centered towards, okay, we understand that maybe our, our book didn't grab you right off the bat. Why don't you read just a little bit of it? Yeah. And and here's a better thing. I understand that financially that's not oh, necessarily always doable for authors, but mm -hmm. I just think that the smart route would be you're going to have to spend money on cover art regardless. Well, and that cover art wasn't bad. It was, it was a, you have a cheerleader skirt, cheerleader is spelled, the cheerleader is in black lettering and there's blood splatter on it. And I was just like, okay, so what's it about? Yeah. But honestly, it was just like, it was a very vague cover and it wasn't even a grabbing cover. I mean, maybe to some people that would be a grabbing cover. Yeah. To I mean, me, obviously, it's all subjective. Yeah. To me, I was just like, eh, whatever. And then they're like, well, here's a little, like, teaser book. And I sat down, I started reading the teaser book, and the first chapter had nothing to do with the cover art. And I was just like, here we go again. Again, it's about something else that I have no idea what's going on. Yeah. Um, on a totally separate note, mm -hmm. does it drive you absolutely 
up the freaking wall when you turn over a book expecting to find out what the book is about and it's like these five authors said this book was great <laughs> no I feel like that maybe then the synopsis is on the back like it is with I mean the Prospero writing it has a little short um, bleep from the New York Times it has that little quote saying but it does have a quote that says on the back of the book it gives me some type yeah. of inkling of what I can expect and but like then... there are so many times where I picked up a book like this okay like I'm just picking up one of us's line because it's right in front and I turn it over to find out what it's about and on the back let's pretend it doesn't have that everyone has secrets right all it says is an addictive devour all uh devour in one sitting thriller with so many twists and turns you'll be wondering until the very end who really killed Simon by Kara Thomas author of the darkest corners and little monsters that's great Kara Thomas I didn't ask for your quote I, I wanted know. to know what this book was about I don't know. there's some out there that I think are really good like um let me see if I can read this one here uh, truly beautiful novel that redefines the form dot 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 it certainly filled the best um, Battlestar Galactica ship hole in my heart and that was from Victoria Av- Avriard who's the uh, author of Red Queen but I'm like I like that because I'm like okay I know what Battlestar Galactica is yeah. I know what that is and you know it's a beautiful it's a truly beautiful novel that is maybe like Battlescar Galactica. I mean, by the way, she's describing Gemina. So yeah. I don't Gemina. That's book two in the Illuminae series. But even the Illuminae series had blurbs like that on the back where people were talking about this. And I'm just like, maybe that's just a personal preference. Maybe for me, it then. is. I didn't. It drives me insane. Bu- there have been me. many times where I will pick up a book and that's what's on the back. And like, just almost out of spite, I'll put it back down. I, nope. I don't know why. I hate it. No, because I like some of the blurbs that are on the back because it's actual authors, you know, telling us what we what they think of of this book. Yeah. Like, I mean, if it's not, I mean, most of the time those authors are going to say something good about the book. Yeah, they're not going to put one on here. It's like, this is the worst book I've ever read. No, but like, if it's a similar author, like the Red Queen. I've actually read some of her work. I know kind of what her style of writing is. If she says, hey, this is truly a good book, based on what I've read of her, I might give this more of a shot. Okay. So, okay. like, I'll, I'll bite with that. Like, See, so you're less judgy of books covers than I am then. But then again, I don't covers. know who The Darkest Corners are or Little Monsters. I've never read those. But her, I guess, okay, for her blurb, I don't mind it. But, like, the one I hate most is, like, truly thrilling Stephen King or like one that's like J.K. Yeah. Rowling it was like uh I stayed up for hours reading this you're those that you helpful. could be describing any book ever those aren't helpful like this one here on the back of um Prospero Redding Bracken delivers a funny thrilling and unexpected tale by Ooh. Robert B.T. <laughs> thank goodness for you Robert I never <laughs> would have known any of that I mean like you're just kind of like cricket, cricket, cricket in the background going, wait a second. I want to know more about this without actually opening the physical book and reading the cover inside, which honestly you should do. Mm-hmm. But there's regardless. not, there's not always that type of cover. Cause maybe it's not a hardback. The, the one that it drives me the most nuts on oh, are when it's like a paperback book mm-hmm. and they don't include anything in the front or yeah. like an extra page or an extra page in the back. Even yeah. like you got to give me something. Cause if you don't give me that and I go buy a paperback book, I mean, you can't just be like, well, that's your own fault for not buying the hardback book. Like, 
Some no, of us that's, can't afford the paperback book. Yeah, you have to cater to all of your readers because not all of your readers are going to be able to afford a $26 yeah. book the day it comes out. Like, some of them are going to have to wait until it's made into a paperback book and only pay $12 for it. Yeah. No, I, I can get behind that one. That does bug me up the wall where it's just, like, blurbs of things and there's not an actual, like, synopsis yeah. there. Give me yes. something. That bugs me. I cannot see I will. That. I will put those books right back down. Because doesn't it matter. doesn't help me. It doesn't tell me what this book's about. It doesn't tell me why you chose the cover. It just, eh, it's there. Then again, um, the, the Cruel Prince by Holly Black. It's a bunch of black thorns and a crown. That's it. Well, I mean, the black thorns and the crown, okay, that's <clears throat> the title of the book. And, I mean, I can't lie, I probably would have looked it up to look at it a little mm -hmm. bit. But knowing how much that book bugged you, I feel like that was one of those cover buys that you regretted a little bit. Well, what what made me mad about this is that there was two books. There's one that is a black on white, and then there's one where it's a white on black. Mm -hmm. Honestly, I prefer the art where it's black on white. Yeah. I thought that was beautifully done. It's a whole black cover with white lettering popping at you. The crown looks more bronze instead of gold. Yeah. And just like coloring palette wise, that fit more my taste. But I couldn't find it until like months down the road. Yeah. And I found it at Barnes and Nobles like three weeks ago, or a month or two ago. And I called you and I was like, I am livid right now. Should, should I get the book? Yes, spend the money. <laughs> but I could get a totally different book that I don't own. Yeah, but that cover is pretty. Like, I'm I'm terrible. Don't call me if you want actual <laughs> advice because I'm going to tell you to spend I the mean, money. I mean, like, the book is good. It's not like it's a bad book. It was a good book. I knew what it was about because I read it on Goodreads. I read the synopsis on that. I just, I, it goes back to there's so much different ways now to get a synopsis of a book. That I feel like the cover or the the any of the in pages are no longer meant to be a synopsis yeah. of the book. It's just another way to entice you into buying it. Yeah. Because they know you can get the synopsis somewhere else. And they know that the people at Barnes & Noble are not selling their books. <laughs> no, they're not. I just... Uh. I, I don't know. I... Apparently, I'm going to keep judging. And I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm listeners. No. Sorry, not sorry. Like... Should I do it? No. Am I going to keep doing it? Yes. yes. I know myself. Like, I'm, uh, it's not going to I know my truth. <laughs> yeah. Speak your truth. Live your truth. Um, so if you guys want to read along with us this month, I'll be reading uh, One of Us is Lying, and she will be reading Cirque du Freak, A Living Nightmare. Mm -hmm. Two very different books. Yes. Um, but if you'd like to read along with either of us, please feel free to do so. Like, I think that that would be super fun. Um, and you can tweet at us, Instagram us pictures of where mm, maybe where yes. you're at or like reactions that you're having. Mm -hmm. Tag us. Like we'll, we'll be all up on that. We'll, yes. re we'll retweet and you know, yeah. whatever. So, we'll um, yeah. Okay. So I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And this, this was, was wine, wine and Dine. And dine. The ladies of Wine and Dine would like to thank you for listening to tonight's episode. If you have a wine you would like to suggest or maybe something you would like the ladies to read, please email us at wineanddinepod at gmail.com. I'm getting married soon. I'm kind of curious to know what you're going to buy me. And before you answer, I already know the answer because you've already told me kind of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wish you were going to just buy me the whole sh um, 
mediator cabinet series that I've been like crying over for the past two months. Well, until my main cabin. Until you told me that, I was thinking about just joking and being like, "You ain't getting shit. Like <laughs> my friendship is your gift." <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, it's I mean it's Disney related. I know. Can you make the mediator series Disney related so that mm. it would make sense for me to get that for you? I mean, Maid Cabot did sell her rights to Disney for the Princess Diaries. That was what? Is she selling it for the Mediator series? No. Work harder, Ashley. <laughs> Work harder. Okay. Convince me. 